It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, guys? Harley Rocks here from Rock Rage Radio, here with the punk rock MBA. Finn McKenty, what's up, man? Not too much. Just uh, finished my uh, workout, enjoying a delicious Diet Coke. So here we are. Healthy, healthy. Gotta love it. So um, I was doing a little reading. Uh, you actually uh, have a college degree, yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, tell me how you got started into everything that is the Punk Rock MBA. Well, uh, to make a long story short, I started out making fanzines back in the day, back in the 90s when I was in high school. Um, and uh, basically the bands that I wanted to interview or that I wanted to read about, nobody was writing about. And I was like 15 or something at the time. And I said, well, if nobody else is doing this, I guess I'll do it. And so I just like wrote them letters because this was in the 90s and I did interviews with them and sold a few thousand of those through the mail back in the day, which like actually is in a lot of ways harder than doing YouTube. So I was, I'm like kind of amazed that I ever even pulled that off. Um, then after fanzines kind of stopped being, you know, a thing, I did some blogs. And uh, then after blogs stopped being a thing, I was like, well, I guess people are on YouTube now. So I'll try that. And uh, it worked out. And here we are. That's awesome. So you know, for anybody who might be wanting to get into kind of what you do, do you have any advice for them? If you're talking specifically about YouTube, um, I, I think, or what, really any kind of content, um, you just got to start. You know, there's no, there's a lot of people who sort of are perpetually stuck in the planning phase of like, oh, I'm going to start this thing. And, you know, I've got 20 ideas for videos written out and this and that. And like, that's cool. I get it. It's scary to start. But you just got to start and accept that most likely, you know, people are not really going to care for a while. Um, I, it took me probably about nine months to start getting any real traction on YouTube, which I consider to be like pretty fast. Um, it takes a lot of people longer than that. And the only reason that I was able to do it that quickly is because I'd been doing this for like literally decades, you know, before I made my first YouTube video. So just expect that, you know, it's probably going to be kind of tough in the beginning, but if you just keep doing it, I mean, the thing that kept me going is I was like, I know that if I keep doing this, eventually it will work. And I'm just not going to give up because I don't know. Do you know who I Justine is by any chance? Uh, who? I Justine. Hmm, I don't think so. You, you might remember she had like a viral video in like 2007 of her like reading her iPhone bill and it was like 150 pages uh. long. Anyway, I heard her say like, you know, basically that of like, if you just don't quit, you it'll eventually work. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just not going to quit. So yeah. I think that's the mindset you have to have. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's kind of a thing with most things actually you know, right. into some of your content, you know, for a lot of the up and coming bands and stuff, you know, just really not giving up on that. Sure. I mean, to take a band like Einstein Kills, uh, if you guys are familiar with them, they kind of blew up in 2018, but they started in 2001. Yeah. So by the time, you know, they were like, a lot of people thought of them as like a newer band. Like, no, they were around for 17 years yeah. before they really got to the level they're at now. Yeah. Which is cool, actually, talking about them. You know, that's actually one of the first bands I got to cover at the final Warp Tour. Okay. Um, was when the silver scream came out and just mm -hmm. like their whole concept was just so cool you know just all things horror related which you know i'm about that so <laughs> yeah i mean they really you know and for anybody who's not familiar with the band the horror thing was kind of always a little bit in the background with the band but not not they didn't they didn't really focus on it the way they do now until that album um that's the one that kind of made everything come together for them 
So I think that's another takeaway is, you know, for any kind of creator or really anybody running a business of any kind or just trying to do anything, you're going to have to like, like whatever you think the idea is now is almost definitely not what it's going to end up being, right? Like the videos that I made at the beginning, which I think are all like private now, so you probably can't even see them, but the videos I made in the beginning are totally different than the ones that ended up actually getting traction. Ice Nine Kills was like a ska band in the beginning. Yeah. You know, um, the road songs about like skipping school or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and then 15 years later, they got traction as like a horror themed metalcore band, com completely different from what they set out to be. And I think you'll find that with a lot of, you know, just really any project in general. I don't want to say that it's just like throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks, but it, it's a little bit of that, you know, you just got to experiment. And yeah. you'll be surprised at what works. Yeah, definitely. I was actually uh, checking out um, your cover tier list a little bit earlier, which I think is really cool that like a lot of metal bands are starting to, you know, venture into doing the covers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a little, you know, history about I, a lot of the bands that I deal with are, you know, cover bands, mm -hmm. um, you know, that like you had said in your video, get paid a lot of money. Probably make a lot more money than most real bands. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say real bands, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but it's really cool, like, you know, kind of as a, yeah, I guess, radio person to kind of work with some, like, tributes, and then there's the cover bands and mm -hmm. stuff. So, you know, I, I really... bet you those, like, Journey tribute bands playing a casino, you know, in, um, in I don't know, San Bernardino, probably make literally 10 times more than, like, established metalcore bands playing you know, 300, 500 cap venues. Yeah, that is true. And unfortunately, something I've seen a lot, um, especially with the touring bands, is venues taking merch cuts. Yeah, like, it sucks. It's like how they make their money, you know? So just, I mean, I get it if it's a... So my, my thought on that is for anybody who doesn't know, the way that this works is, um, let's say that Harley and I have a band that plays at the local venue that's, you know, a 500 cap venue where a lot of, you know, kind of metalcore bands or something might play. Um, and we sell a t-shirt for 30 bucks. The venue will take say 20 or 30% of that, you know, for the privilege of giving us a Walmart card table in the corner of the room. And their rationale for that is like, well, we don't really make that much money off of ticket sales and the bar and all that stuff. So that's the only way that we, can make this, you know, economically viable. I don't know whether that's true or not. If it is true, I would say, well, that sounds like a problem on your end that you need to figure out. Like if you suck that bad at selling drinks, that's not my problem. <laughs> now I get it. Um, where this started mm -hmm. is with like stadium and like arena type venues where they would actually sell the merch for you. They provide the staff and stuff like that. So that's fine. Like if it's a Taylor Swift show, you just give them the boxes of merch. They set up, you know, the the merch booths around the venue. They have the staff. They do everything. Cool. Yeah. They, of course, they deserve to get paid for that. But if all they're giving us a card table and some crappy little fifty watt light bulb in the corner of the venue, like, I'm sorry, you don't like, you don't deserve a cut of the merch for that. Yeah. No, definitely. I just found it. I couldn't believe it. There was even one venue uh, a buddy of mine's band played at in Florida that didn't even give them free water. I'm like, are you? <laughs> There's a hose out back. What do you? <laughs> what more do you need? Yeah, I know. No, I was I was just shocked because the majority of venues like I've been to, water is always free for the bands. I no mean, it's like literally the bare minimum. <laughs> water in a bag of doritos you know is that seriously though um but also i was you know i've been following you for a while so uh there were some definitely stark videos that i love so i noticed that you have a bunch of videos centered around uh one ronnie radke yes so i really enjoyed like kind of the aspect you know the, specifically the rise and fall of ronnie radke okay um but then I think I saw another one saying that uh, you're kind of a bit of a fan of him, right? Uh, well, like, to be honest, I don't really listen to mm -hmm. Falling in Reverse. I like uh, Fashionably Late. I like that album. Um, yeah. The other, like, 
I don't, it's like what I like about Ronnie is that he is number one, willing to actually like stand for something, you know, agree or disagree with him. You know, he's willing to actually take a stand. And I feel like right now in the rock scene in particular, people are so afraid of offending anyone for any reason, you know, that they just, they won't. And, and I know tons of people, I talk to them privately and they have, you know, they'll say one thing and in public, they'll say nothing. And I get it. Like, I'm not trying to call them out, but it's just unfortunate that that's sort of the way it is, is like, you have to be so it's like walking on eggshells. You have to be so afraid of upsetting anyone because if people on Twitter get mad, then all the blogs will pick it up. And then people don't want to work with you because you said the wrong thing and it pissed someone off. And I, I'm just not with it, you know, and, and Ronnie is not afraid to say what he thinks. And again, you can agree or disagree with what he thinks. I'm sure he would agree that there's times where he probably loses his temper and says some things that maybe he shouldn't say. I'm sure he would agree with that. Um, but, you know, I, I, he, at least he's standing for something. The other thing I appreciate is that, um, you know, we live in a world in which everyone feels like they can sit on the sidelines. And if you're a public figure, they can say whatever they want about you. They can make up lies. They can just say nasty things about you and whatever. And, and you just have to sit there and take it. And I'm sorry, but that's BS, you know? That's not the world that I wanna live in. The world that I wanna live in is if you say something, you have to answer for that. And it doesn't matter, like, I think it is total BS. The idea that like, this whole idea of like punching down is stupid. Punching up, punch, like, oh, so you're allowed to just say whatever you want about Ronnie or me or anybody else because you're a nobody and we've done something, and that means you can just say anything you want about us? No, that is not how it should work. So I think it's great that Ronnie claps back and puts people on blast for saying dumb stuff and lying about him. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't really talk about this in my videos, but people lie about me all the time. Like, you go on Reddit, there's all kinds of, they call me a, a groomer and a transphobe and all this crap that's totally untrue. And yeah. that's why I'm so, like, you know, I, I guess I relate to Ronnie so much because I mean, he gets it way worse than I do, but I get a lot of it and it's not okay. Like we do not want to like, imagine if you woke up one morning and people called you all kinds of like accused, like if people want to say I'm ugly or whatever, that's fine, whatever, I don't care. But if you accuse somebody of doing something that could like cost them their career, that's not cool. What if you woke up tomorrow and people on Reddit were saying some, were, were accusing you of being, you know, a predator. Yeah. And you're wondering, like, oh, am I going to get fired tomorrow over this? Yeah. Like, it, it's not okay to it's not okay to lie and slander and defame people, and that happens to Ronnie all the time. How many people call him a murderer? That is true. I've seen a that lot. Of, like, if you read the comments on like some of his videos on like TikTok, I'm just like, really? it's a lie. Yeah. And and so like with that video, the point I was making is it's not even really about Ronnie in particular. You know, it's about just this culture where people feel like they can just sit on the sidelines and lie about people. And today it's Ronnie, but tomorrow it might be you. You meaning anyone who's listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, because it actually reminds me, I got to photograph for well, all four of the bands on the Rockzilla tour. Um, but he had said during the show, he said, you know, to everybody, hey, raise your hand if you ever talk shit to me on Twitter. And then he would, you know, it's funny. That was a lot of hands raised, too. Yeah, but sounds like something he would do. Yeah. But then he led into it saying, you know, well, you bought a ticket to my show, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks for the support, basically. So I think it kind of, you know, he definitely promotes the whole, like, you know, haters are kind of the biggest fans. <laughs> they are. And for him, it works because, you know, his job is being a rock star now. And so, you know, we don't have to feel too bad for Ronnie. But the point is, what if it's you? You know what I mean? That's the real problem is that the same thing that happens to Ronnie could happen to you. Somebody could just decide they don't like you and I'm just going to make up some shit or pass along some rumor that I heard. And next thing you know, your boss is calling you into the office. And it was like, Harley, you know, we've heard some really troubling things. 
you know, and you're like, what? You know, I mean, that's that's the world we live in. Yeah, that's just some random person on Twitter that their word matters and it shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, people hiding behind a keyboard, but it, it almost is. reminds me. I don't know if you saw like any of those TikToks about, you know, kind of the cancel culture and like people were trying to cancel Metallica over the yeah, load. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it kind of perplexes me about some of this, you know. So for anybody who hasn't seen it, there's a bunch of some girl made this compilation of like, I don't know, I would say some some sort of edgy dumb things that they said in like the 80s and 90s okay like um jason you know it looks like he's kind of goose stepping and seek highling on stage i think and like you know lars making some i think it was lars doing some sort of like hitler mustache thing and probably not you know it's probably not great that they said those things but again this is in like 1989 or something um does anybody does anybody really think the metallica which, but you know, and she called them like old white men. Um, Rob is not white. Um, Kirk is half Filipino. Does anybody think that Metallica are Nazis? Does anybody really think that? If you do, you should probably just go dig a hole and jump in it and fill it up with dirt again because, like, we need you out of the gene pool. If you don't think that, then why are you making this TikTok? Well, it's... we know why, because you get clout for sitting on the sidelines and repeating lies about other people. Yeah. Which will lead me into, so one of your other videos you did were the, uh, your reaction to some of the metal TikToks. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I see a lot of that too, just like swiping through. I'm like, can't tell whether it's like actually a metalhead or right. are they just like an e-girl or... Right. What, like what's going on here? But um, you know, there are some good ones too, though. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Jessica Conrad mm -hmm. is one. That yeah, she's great. Uh, does some amazing content. But um, but yeah, no, I saw a couple of those. Um, you know, with the uh, the corpse paint and everything. Right. You, know, you look like you're about fifteen, though. <laughs> okay. The the thing that's just really fascinating to me is I'm 45 years old, okay? I graduated from high school in 1996. And it is so strange to me to see that there's like 15 year olds now who look exactly like the 15 year old Metallica fans did when I was in like eighth grade, you know? It, and I'm not putting them down what I like, you know, I joke about it, but what I, and I don't care what anybody, you know, is into or whatever. It's just interesting to me and I'm like, man, there's just this sort of archetype of, you know, the Metallica fan with the kind of feathered mullet and, you know, dirty little teenage mustache with the denim vest, you know, and, uh, and, and tight jeans with the white high tops that they started appearing, you know, in the eighties when I was a little kid. And I feel like they're just never going to go away. That, that kid will always exist. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's kind of come full circle. So, like, I'm a really big Motley Crue fan. Okay. So, you know, um, I also work with a Motley tribute, so I got more, like, into it then. Um, but then the movie came out in 2019, and I saw an interview with Nikki Six, and he said, you know, even since then, whether it's because of the movie or, you know, maybe their parents, that's what they right. listen to. I think to. it's a lot of that. Yeah. Like there's a whole new generation of metal fans, Molly crew fans, you know, whatever band fans, like, you know, we used to listen to back in the day and it's yeah. so cool that it's still going and, you know, people outside of our, I guess, scene just want to say, uh, Oh yeah. Rock's dead. Metal's never, you know, it's really not. No, like, it's, it's bigger now than I would say it has been in like 10 years, I think. Yeah, Maybe even more. Like, what, any social media and there's, it's alive and well. I photograph at a lot of different shows. I think the last one was Yellow Card and mm -hmm. Pack Venue. Yeah, Yellow Card has had this like resurgence too. Um, it, it's a really <laughs> interesting thing with sort of the younger fans in particular that I, I don't know how old you are. We're probably closer to the same age than not. And yeah. like for us, for our generation, anything that your parents liked was terrible. 
like whatever your parents are into it's garbage it's crap like i wouldn't be caught dead being into anything my parents liked and yeah. anybody older than me is stupid um and it's not like that for like kids teenagers now they don't they don't say things that way like a lot of them are excited to be you know listening to the same music as their parents and hearing about that stuff which is kind of interesting I'm like what's wrong with you aren't you <laughs> you should be rebelling against me i'm your dad you should be telling me how stupid i am uh, but they just they don't see things that way which is really interesting yeah no for sure um so i was gonna ask just because you do a variety of different videos um besides like anything punk rock so what's your take on uh you know new metal kind of making a resurgence you know, well back playing aftershock next month so yeah i mean it, it's it's pretty interesting i mean it's sort of paybacks on the last thing we were talking about as far as i think a lot of the the younger generation of fans are getting into it through their parents which is interesting um and and TikTok. but i think it's sort of like the way i see it, it it when we're talking about the younger generation you know maybe their mom or dad got them into it and then they're like okay actually this is kind of fun and cool i'm gonna make TikToks about it and then their friends get into it and then next thing you know, like you said, Olympus gets headlining shows again, which is pretty interesting. Um, I, I think a lot of the reason why that stuff is so popular is, well, there's a few reasons. Um, number one is I think that that was the, the peak of rock. Well, maybe not the peak, but the last peak of rock being like a spectacle. For sure, I think that the overall peak of it would be like probably Motley Crue is probably like the biggest spectacle band of all time and you know for anybody younger who's listening to this they may not realize exactly how big motley Crue was but like i don't know arguably like the biggest rock band on the planet you know in like 1985 or something like that playing like stadiums like it did not get any bigger than motley Crue. Yeah. um but after that i would say new metal was was kind of the, the last time that rock was that big and was that much of a spectacle. So if you look at a band like Slipknot or Korn um, or Limp Bizkit, they, they look like video game characters, right? They look like you could select them on the screen of, you know, the next whatever, like Street Fighter Six or something like that DLC, right. you know? And, and I think that's a big part of it compared to, you know, most bands now just look like normal people off the street that could be baristas or something. Oh my God. Yeah. So we were talking about this, um, I think the perfect example for me was like Ed Sheeran, mm -hmm. you know, he wears just, this, it looks like an average guy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, then I'll look at like, say motionless and white or, you know, ice nine kills. I'm yeah. like, that's not average looking dudes. Right. You see those people, you know, if they were wearing their stage clothes, walking mm -hmm. on the street and be like, yeah, <laughs> what's going on here. But it's cool though. Like I'm actually talking about motionless whenever, uh, Chris unveiled his new hairdo. Yeah. I'm like, yes. So we got a resurgence of uh, Chester Bennington yes. from crawling. I'm like, about that. Totally cool. <laughs> I mean, th like that is actually a great example. The fact that somebody, that somebody's haircut is like a point of discussion is great. Like you remember when Metallica cut their hair? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and like how that was like such a controversy, you know, there's like Rolling Stone articles about Metallica cutting their hair and we can all roll our roll our eyes at that because like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what somebody's haircut is, but like, that's a good thing. If people care enough about your image to like talk about it now, yeah. compare that with like whatever random metalcore band that's just wearing like black t-shirts and jeans, you know, with beards that like, there's bands that I have heard dozens of times that if you put a gun to my head and said, is this a picture of fill in the blank band? I couldn't tell you because they all look the same. Now there is nobody like whether you like it or not, nobody's going to confuse motionless and white with any other band. Is this true? You know, <laughs> it, like that's just the way it is. So I, I think that's a big part of why new metal is more popular. Um, also remember that that was sort of, the peak of the major label era, like it was starting to erode then because this was after Napster, but still this was the era in which people bought CDs, MTV mattered, magazines mattered, you know, and these, these bands were just everywhere. Like corn, remember corn was on TRL constantly. I do remember and, that. Yeah. And they were 
right up there with like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. They always said number three was the corn spot because like they oftentimes would lose to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, which is like, that's fucking, that's pretty amazing for a metal band to, to only lose to the two biggest pop acts of all time, basically. Yeah, and I was reading somewhere that actually, um, I think it was, what was it, in 2003, uh, was it 03 or maybe 2000, whenever Hybrid Theory came out, that basically bumped off NSYNC and Backstreet Boys from being number one on the charts mm-hmm. yep. for the albums, which was like a huge thing because a little history about me. I used to live in England before I came back over here. Um, so I was used to like, you know, a lot of the Brit pop and all that because right. it was popular, you know, 14 years old. I got into Slipknot, never really looked back. So, you know, fast forward to year 2000, you know, Hybrid Theory comes out and it just kind of like, I feel like broke those boundaries and was something totally, totally different, especially in the new metal scene, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hybrid Theory was the peak of, they were sort of kind of late to new metal. Like they were probably like the last big new metal band to come out but they were also the biggest one because they had sort of a pop edge to it i think um probably i think mostly because of like chester's vocals have they're like edgy pop vocals to me um and they also just seem like really kind of nice approachable guys in a way that not to say that anyone in corn or slipknot isn't nice or approachable but like i'm sure i like i've never met them but they seem like super cool people but you know, if you're a mom or a little kid or something, you know, Corey Taylor and his mask is a lot scarier than Chester or Mike Shinoda, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chester had, he looked cool, but he wasn't like, you know, scary. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Now it's cool because like the way that they blended like Chester's vocals and Mike's raps and stuff just was something yeah. totally different, which I believe... You know, even if you go further back to what I want to say, like Faith No More, Suicidal mm-hmm. Tendencies, kind of influenced a lot of like today's like rap metal, like Hollywood Undead. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome. Which, funnily enough, I recently found their cover of Shout of the Devil. Who, Hollywood Undead? Yeah. Legit oh, one. Awesome. Because they made it their own. Okay. Like, really Hollywood loved. Undead is great. Um, I feel like I'm the number one Hollywood Undead fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like they're like a big band but nobody ever talks about them it's kind of yeah. weird um i think they're great yeah they have so oh man because i started listening whenever young came out mm-hmm. like that whole album was just it's great and i got to see them live what was it the first time it was like 2018 and then again you know for roxilla and man just they're still going it's awesome yeah they are <laughs> so, I can't wait to see them again live. Um, but uh, what about Sleep Token, though? Totally different genre, but man, like, I just, I get, uh, I don't know how, like, how to describe it exactly, because, you know, with our whole look on stage for the mm-hmm. live shows, it's, you know, some people have told me, it's like, oh, so kind of like Slipknot, they wear masks, right? I'm like, it's not quite the same, but there's... No, it's- Something about the music and the look, and I haven't seen them live yet. But after I that, saw them, but it was in like 2019 when they were opening for issues, and they were just like a tiny band at the time. So there's probably 150 people watching them, and I think it's just a different, you know, people didn't care about them. So at the time, so I think it's kind of a different experience. I haven't seen them since then, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been very interesting and surprising to see them take off the way that they have. Um, it's surprising to me because their music is not like, it has a lot of accessible parts, but I mean, these songs are like six to nine minutes long, um, and kind of like, don't have a lot of structure and stuff. And a lot of, you know, they, they don't do a lot of the things that you would expect a band to do. Um, that is, I mean, they sold out like Wembley arena in 15 minutes or something like that. You know, they're. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're killing it. Um, so, you know, there are bands that kind of break the rules and get away with it. But like you said, you know, they definitely have like the look, they've got all the lore, which I don't, 
I don't know all of it, but about the God of sleep or whatever it is, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, people love that kind of stuff. And, and again, it does have that pro wrestling kind of factor, um, which I think, you know, metal has always been a very image driven genre. I think a lot of metal fans sort of, for some reason, don't want to admit that. But it's like, well, when has that ever not been the case, you know, since, I mean, Black Sabbath being the inventors of metal, like their image was a huge part of it. And that's not taking anything away from anything. It's just like, it is a very image driven genre. Um, a lot, you know, Alice Cooper and, you know, just go down the list. Like it's always been that way. So I think Sleep Token definitely checks that box. Um, and I think they're, uh, th they have a lot of parts of their songs that to me are very accessible in sort of a pop way. Um, what I what I would like to see them do personally, and maybe this is terrible advice. They sh they should you know they're doing great on their own, so they probably shouldn't listen to me. But what I would like to see is for them to do something that is a lot more like focused. Like take those like eight minute songs and turn and and just uh, edit those down to like three minute songs that are like a little bit more structured and conventional and and then i think they would have something that has even more potential however they're doing great doing things their way so what do i know <laughs> so yeah um yeah they're great i can't you know again they're playing aftershock too so right. it should be a good show uh the summoning is actually one of my favorite songs because it starts out like, you know, totally sounds maybe like, you know, metalcore a little bit, but mm -hmm. then goes into that like one part that totally sounds like, you know, what was that one song? Like Astronaut in the Ocean mm -hmm. uh, type sounding thing, which, you know, I found on TikTok as a sound. Yeah. I was like, oh, so, you know, it was a trend for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going over to all of your stuff, though. So you're on Twitch. You have a Discord, which people can access actually through your Patreon. Yeah, or you can just, there's a link in the description of any of my videos to uh, my Discord if you want to check that out. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I saw on, um, on your Patreon uh, that you actually, you know, can review bands and art and stuff. Yeah, yeah, usually, I mean, I'll review anything. I was a graphic designer for 10 years, so I have a lot of experience, you know, a lot of background in that. Um, usually people want me to review their music which i think is kind of funny because uh, i mean i'm much more qualified to review your art than i am visual art than i am music but whatever <laughs> value my opinion that's great uh so yeah i do that um basically the way it works is if you want me to review something you just join my patreon at the ten dollar a month tier every month i do a post that's a call for submissions where if you want me to review something you just drop it in the comments of that post and then I review them on Twitch and then I post them on Patreon for everybody. And uh, yeah, that's the way it works. That's cool. It's really awesome, you know, because there's uh, a lot of, say, like unsigned slash up and coming that will play on Rock Rage. Um, but it's cool that you're doing that to, you know, I'm sure it helps give them, you know, more exposure and stuff. It, it does. But the, really, the intent is a review, not promotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So don't don't do it for a promotion because there's <laughs> going to be like a hundred people that see it on Twitch, so it's probably not going to do a ton for you. Um, yeah. Do it because you actually want to review. Yeah, yeah, because it's always good to get like you know somebody who maybe hasn't heard your stuff like their opinion to you know they might hear it differently than you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I take my opinion for whatever it's worth, um, but yeah, I'll give you my opinion for ten bucks. Hard to beat that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So um, they, you also do some emo content too, like about the emo scene and mm -hmm. the resurgence. I saw the video with, what was it, uh, Johnny Gilbert. Yep. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. tell me what you think about like the whole resurgence about that. Because I know like I remember growing up, well, you know, listening to the, I guess technically it was the second wave with like MCR and Paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, but now you have all these, well, I mostly see the up and coming bands um, on TikTok and stuff like there's a, you know, Catch Your Breath, good example. I don't know them. Yeah, they uh, they dropped a song right around the time Bad Omens dropped Just okay. It sounds very, very similar, but you know, that blew up on TikTok, they got, got signed, it. now they're 
you know, they play the tour with Falling in Reverse. They're playing okay. have tons of festivals and stuff. Got it. Um, but yeah, kind of like the new emo sound, I guess. Um, it's interesting. Uh, it's definitely different than, you know, probably what we grew up on. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think with the the resurgence of emo, in particular MCR, I would say is sort of the forefront of that. But um, it's kind of the same story to me as the new metal revival in that, you know, we may think of these emo bands as being sort of alternative or something. I mean, and, and they are, but, you know, remember how mainstream they were, okay? Remember, like, Pete Wentz had a special issue of J14 magazine just about him, which was like a teeny, it's called J14 because it's for 14, it's for eighth graders. There was an entire issue of this teen magazine dedicated just to him. You know, MCR played like the VMAs in 2006 or whatever. That was kind of their breakthrough moment, you know, and, you know, Pete once married Ashley Simpson and stuff like this was like, this was like, and I mean, he has a kid with her. This is like very, very mainstream stuff that was part of pop culture you know, in a way that rock really just kind of isn't anymore. And I think that's a big part of it is, I mean, and the bands were great. And you look at people, I mean, like Haley Williams, I would say is probably the biggest star of that whole scene. I mean, she's like a mainstream celebrity. You could ask just random people off the street, show them a picture and then look who she is, um, which is probably not true of anybody else. You know, maybe Pete Wentz, but Haley's like, Haley's a mainstream celebrity. Um, and, and I think that's a big part of it. They're like, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like, what has come after that that would stick out in somebody's mind that, that people had more awareness of? Yeah, you know? Yeah, I think that, Who's you know, a bigger star in the past 15 years than Haley Williams that's come out of the alternative music scene? Yeah, Probably, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. I mean... For me, like a lot of it had to do with her look, like the hair color, you mm -hmm. know, she was always changing it, but kind of stuck with that orange, even, you know, now she's back to that color. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really, again, I keep going back to image, but it matters, you know, and I feel like that's something that a lot of rock bands now think they're too good for it, or they shouldn't have to do that stuff or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, you got to remember your job is to entertain people, yeah. you know, and for right or wrong, people appreciate a show people like like do you want to see someone who looks like me get up on stage and just stand there playing guitar who would watch that yeah which kind of goes back to like the whole ed sheeran reference yeah now you know there are outliers like him where i mean but his songs are just so fucking good like if you're as good as ed sheeran yeah maybe you can get away with it but you're not as good as ed sheeran Right. Like, whether you like his music or not, he is an absolute fucking god tier songwriter. You know, like The Shape of You, you don't have to like that song, but that's a song people will be playing at weddings for 30 years. You know, they'll play that at the grocery store and Starbucks and stuff like that. Are you writing songs that are that good? I bet you're not. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. You might think you are, but you're not. And if you were writing songs that were that good, they would be popular. So there's the proof that you are not. Yeah. But what were you saying about, like, you know, a lot of those just you know metal bands wearing just all black where there's you know not really any showmanship. and your music is kind of mediocre i mean of course you're of, of course you're going nowhere you know like your music is mid your 
unremarkable looking, you don't say anything interesting, mm -hmm. and you wonder why people don't care. I mean, again, going back to Motley Crue, number one, they look like characters out of a fucking, you know, David Bowie movie, like the Dark Crystal or some shit, you know, or the, you know, or fucking Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they looked just insane and larger than life. Number two, they lived like just absolute animals. And, you know, again, whether you think that's good or, or bad is beside the point. Mm -hmm. the, the point is there were huge personalities that did something, you know, interesting. You know, even if you don't care about Motley Crue, you were hearing about them all the time on the news and stuff because they were smashing hotel rooms and just being <laughs> fucking animals. Number three, their music is fucking amazing. I mean, if you, like Kickstart My Heart, you know, Girls, 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 you know, even even some of their less, I mean, it's still a big song, but like Same Old Situation, like I would say that's kind of like the, a B tier Motley Crue single is still better than 99.9% .9 of rock bands now. True story. Yeah, one of my personal favorite, which not, I mean, people have heard of it, but you think of like Theater of Pain album, you don't yeah. think of louder than hell but you know that was always my song um you know my personal favorite is girls 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 i love that song i'm so, i haven't been to a strip club in a very long time but i'm sure they still play it so is there a particular reason why that's your favorite um it's it's got it it, it almost reminds me of like a metal version of zz top if that makes sense because it has that kind of like groove you know what I mean? Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, uh, a, a very interesting kind of, uh, like a very interesting riff. It's like, yeah, it does. it's weird. It's a really <laughs> weird riff, just a great chorus. The video is awesome. I mean, I think to me, it's just like the pinnacle of hair metal. Like it's that or um, uh, Talk Dirty to Me by Poison. I actually love Poison. I think they're great, especially those first like two albums. I think are amazing. But you know, Poison just obviously a little bit like cornier than Motley Crue. But I think Poison is awesome. Those songs are incredible. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the videos too were yeah. you know, what got me. Like where they kind of, uh, I guess it was kind of like almost the you know the fisheye lens. Yeah. What was it on? Nothing but a good time. I mm -hmm. think that video. Is that the one at the beginning where he's like washing dishes? Or is that, is that... so, yeah, where he's like in the works in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and and again, the image like Poison took that whole kind of glammed out you know thing where they looked like female strippers. You know, they they took that to the limit. You know, they're wearing like you know pink spandex with cowboy boots and like giant hair and lipstick. And you know, you can like that or not like it. But you can't ignore that. You see a band that looks like that, and you're like, especially in 1985, and you're okay. just like, what in the living fuck is this? You notice it. Kind of, it. Yeah. it kind of reminds me of like Motley Crue's first tour, where they did the uh, the mannequin decapitation scene. Oh, I don't, the, I, I don't know that. So they have this mannequin just like covered in blood, right? And. Uh, um, and they take a chainsaw to the neck and they rip the head off and just like Nikki's got it like on his chain, showing it to the crowd and everything. I was just like, whoa. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Um, what Ronnie Radke is doing now is the same thing as what Motley Crue did back then. The difference is when they did Shout at the Devil, which is what, 1983? No. 81, maybe? Whatever. No, because one was too fast for love. Oh, oh yeah yeah okay yeah you're right yeah anyway like early, early 80s whatever shout at the devil with like pentagrams and stuff like that back in the early 80s was like incredibly shocking now nobody would you know would 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 look twice at that but in the early 80s that was incredibly shocking and what ronnie is doing and i and i i, I am afraid to even say this because people get upset i'm not saying that i agree with this or disagree with it but him saying on Twitter, there are only two genders is the equivalent of 
having a flaming pentagram on stage in the early 80s, right? Yeah. Where you're like, you can't do that. And he's like, fuck you. Yes, I can. Now, I, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that, whatever. That's not the point. The, the point is that he is doing something that is shocking and controversial by today's standards. I mean, that's what gets headlines. You know, right. Like, and he's in the headlines constantly for that stuff. Yeah, definitely. It kind of reminds me almost of the uh, the Corey Taylor MGK beef. Yes. Like how that whole thing started. You know, I see for me, I feel like, you know, because Corey ended up coming back and like, you know, apologizing, said he shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Okay. But I just feel like, on, at least on MGK's part, like was, you know, that was pretty much for the headlines. Yeah. yeah. And his whole like Eminem thing. I mean, it, like MGK, again, whether you like him or not, um it's he's not somebody that i would want to hang out with but he's great at being in headlines you know he is he's a striking controversial person and it obviously works for him again like he's like you know a mainstream celebrity yeah he is it was interesting actually i got to see him at the houston rodeo back in march which was interesting at least at you know from a reviewing standpoint um seeing that show compared to you know the youtube videos i've seen yeah. about these live shows because it was a totally different atmosphere you know they had the uh the star-shaped stage that rotated around okay um, you know but just the production was over the top though yeah i've, I've never seen him live i I've, I've only seen stuff on youtube and uh i mean i don't think he I, I don't think he's the most talented musician i think he's a very good rapper um, I don't like his rap stuff personally, but I think objectively he's really good. Um, his rock stuff, uh, to me, he's just not good at it. Um, but it doesn't like, but that's beside the point. You know, he's doing, again, he's doing things that make people talk about him. That's what's missing from all these bands now. I mean, people in rock are so fucking easily offended and so just like, like when he complained about bands wearing comfortable shoes everyone was so fucking like are you fucking serious like yeah. <laughs> that's how thin-skinned you are now that like you're you are up in arms with the torches and pitchforks because mgk made fun of your shoes <clears throat> wow like how like do you not have something better to spend your precious time on earth than fucking getting mad about mgk's opinion on shoes <laughs> i mean <laughs> Yeah, it kind of reminds me, there's a, so Escape the Fate used to have, you know, two members, the, yeah. the brothers, so they have their own band now, but they actually came out with a song that dissed Ronnie, not by name or anything, uh -huh. but just like, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, it says, uh, I can't remember what they called him, but, you know, you know, with your Twitter fingers, you know, right, right. with your Twitter fingers, I'm just like, Oh, so we're calling out people in songs again. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a thing for a while. Right. Like, rappers did it all the time. Still right. do. Like, Go for it. <laughs> I, I'm for it. Anything that you know, you look at like Loudwire or something, and I'm not, I'm not calling out Loudwire, but yeah. you look at the headlines, and it's like, I feel like, what year am I in? You know, they're talking about right. fucking D. Snyder, and. <laughs> uh you know just like the newest band in the headlines is disturbed you know and nothing against any of those bands but just like it, it it's nobody is doing anything worth talking about that's why loudwire keeps i guarantee you if you ask them they don't necessarily want to be talking about bands that are 20 or 30 or 40 years old but it's like well what else is there to talk about you know basically ronnie and like sleep token doing things that are kind of interesting and like that's there's not a lot i mean they're, they're not those aren't the only ones but there's not a lot of other people doing things that are worth writing about yeah i mean like i think the biggest thing right now is like you know a lot of those older bands coming back like you yeah then sevenfolds back playing festivals right. this year. Yeah, and i, I love them there. but they're <clears throat> 25 years old yeah and I'm sure, you know, if you asked Matt, he would tell you, like, we would love it if there was, like, some new blood to 
you know, take the headlines over from us. Definitely. I mean, even, you know, talking like 20, yeah, I guess it was about 20 years ago. Um, the first time I heard Kitty, you know, they're coming out with a new album. Uh, I think it's like this year, next year, I believe. But, uh, you know, even that resurgence going back to, you know, the new metal thing with, you know, they played at Sick New World. They played it when we were right. right before that. So it's really cool kind of to even see the resurgence just because, you know, a lot of the newer bands, you know, aren't really, like you said, making headlines. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, to me, it, I just don't understand. I just, I don't understand. I mean, do you want to, it's like you hear people like artists complain all the time that they're not making the money they want to make and they can't get it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, but you know, you, you know what the rules of the game are and you refuse to play them. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's like playing a baseball game, you know, and you're like, yeah, well, I don't want to catch the ball and we keep losing. I'm like, well, I, 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 don't know what to, I don't know what to say, you know, you can do what you want. But like everybody knows, like, well, we don't want to make TikToks. Well, but OK, but then how the fuck is anybody going to hear your music? Yeah, because that's actually the way I find a lot of these new bands. I mean, uh, what was that one band? Uh, Dark Divine, I um, found on TikTok. You know, uh, that band I was telling you about, Catch Your Breath, found them on TikTok. Like, it's a big thing. You know, there's a lot of bands that I've helped out kind of eh, a little bit older, you know. Um, but they're just like, oh, no, you know, we don't have a TikTok, you know been thinking about starting one but i'm like just do it (laughs) that's where literally everybody's going there like i feel kind of almost more than like instagram or twitter oh absolutely i mean what uh, tiktok has i don't know well over a billion users now and music is like a core part of that app right as opposed to um say instagram or something like that where yeah, there's definitely music on there, but it's not really a core part of that experience. For TikTok from the beginning, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, TikTok, the American version of TikTok was originally an app called Musically yep. that was <laughs> yeah, that was for dancing. And then yep. they turned it into TikTok and it is what it is now. But so music has been a part of that app since day 1 and it still is. And I just don't know what to say like if you don't if you don't want to be where the audience is, well what do you think is going to happen if you're deliberately making the choice to avoid being on the platform where a billion people go to discover music? I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Cause I mean, like being a musician, you're at that point, you're a personality, like right. you need to put yourself out there. You social media is the norm these days, you know, it right. used to be magazines back in the day, but this is the world we live in. Yep. So, you know, if you're a personality, you need to be on basically every social media. If Nikki Six was starting <laughs> his career today, do you think that he would, you know, turn up his nose at TikTok? Uh, no. <laughs> no, he would be all over there doing the most outrageous shit you can imagine. He'd be getting kicked off TikTok for being too fucking crazy. Or like Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nikki Six would be on there fucking pouring bleach in his eyes or something. <laughs> yeah, because even Motley Crue, they have a TikTok. Uh, Nikki Six's wife posts. Oh, that's every, right. Yeah. A whole bunch of stuff. Like, She's you know, a pretty from, popular TikToker, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, she, uh, what's her name? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but no, but I see like a lot of Nikki's stuff, like the backstage stuff. Like, he'll be walk into the stage with uh, his daughter and like his wife will video that you know and put one of their songs with it and it's yeah. really really cool to see from that perspective you know like this stuff that a lot of us don't really get to see inside their you know famous musicians lives or like even like chris motionless he's on there um i saw dave mustaine's on tiktok mm. so <laughs> gotta check that out here's an example you remember, I think it was maybe a year ago or so, when Tommy Lee posted his dick on Instagram? I didn't see that. <laughs> I don't care to either. Though. Yeah, well, I mean, we've already seen it, so uh, no mystery there. But, and I'm not saying, I mean, it was embarrassing and cringe and weird and stuff. But again, 
he made headlines. I'm not saying every band should go out there and post their dicks. Don't do that. But, <laughs> but I mean, it made headlines. Here it is a year later. I'm talking about it. My point is that like getting attention, people like musicians believe that they're in the business of making music. That's only partly true. Um, the, the first step before you can get anybody to listen to your music is you have to get their attention. And that's what I would say Motley Crue is probably one of the best bands in the history of music at getting attention. Yeah, definitely so. I mean, kind of like what I brought up from the first tour, like, you know, who decapi decapitates a mannequin head with like blood and everything right. with pants on stage? Like In the 80s. I think that didn't happen. You know, Nikki lit his pants on fire. Uh, trying to think of uh, you know they have the you know half naked girls on stage right you know do like all the choreographed dances now but you know back in the day they had you know it was everything the whole stage set up tommy lee's drum kit oh that's right that's right his upside down you know drum kit on a i don't even know how the fuck they did it but yeah, yeah. I think the, like in the a flying box. drum kit yeah. yeah but then he had the roller coaster one i think yeah one show he got stuck up there Right. <laughs> Ways that that could go wrong, but you know, it's still something that you know. Got to put on a show. Wow factor. Yeah, exactly. There. What's the wow factor? What are you doing that someone's going to go home and talk about? You know, or or better yet, make a TikTok about. Exactly. You know, oh, it's a bunch of guys that look like every other guy <laughs> went up there and played songs that sounded like every other band, and they were pretty good. Like they they were okay. Yeah, they were uh, above average. Like yeah, that's I've, not I've above come, average is not enough. Yeah, because I've come home from shows like that sometimes where I'm like, you know, man, that that headliner they they were okay, but that opening band though, well, you know, sometimes the openers end up blowing the headliner out of the water, sure. which is insane. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, they, you should always try. Definitely. So you know, I'm trying to think of like that one show that i went to where that actually happened but i mean you know it's just odd <laughs> there's this like culture of it's not even modesty or humility it's like a, a culture now in rock where it's like frowned upon to do things that are like interesting basically you know what i mean weird though because what i mean if you're not doing something interesting on stage like what's even the point right <laughs> What, right. What are you doing? Because that's like half the reason I feel at least, you know, say, you know, we put together a show at X venue, whatever, you know, you want the tickets to sell. You want people, you know, to fill the venue, you know, and don't you want to entertain them? Interesting. Then. Do you remember Limp Bizkit's, um when they were, when Limp Bizkit did uh, Family Values and they had oh. the toilet? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> They're like, oh, everyone says. Limp Biscuit is shit. All right. Well, let's uh, oh let's go. God. We're shit. You're right. <laughs> we're so we crawled out of a toilet. Yeah. Oh my god. Those were some crazy, crazy things. And even like you know, talking about their look, Wes Borland's look. Sure. It's, you know, completely it's like a video game character. Different than yeah, exactly. You know. Oh, I'm trying to think of some of those other bands too. Like, I mean, like, even Wayne doing Static. Yes. Oh my God. RIP. But uh, yeah, even I haven't had a chance to see them lately, though. But I heard they, they're putting on a pretty good show. That's what I hear. Yeah. But even like Evanescence, you know. Sure. She still puts on an amazing show. You know, the look that she has during each show. I saw them like back in 2012, I think it was, but just like her costumes were elaborate, you know, Yeah. everything from, you know, playing the piano for my immortal and, you know, going into. What if she went up there wearing a hoodie and jeans? Oh my God. I would be so bored. Yeah. You'd be like, what <laughs> is this like practice? What's going on here? Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of that. There's a newer female artist called scene queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because her whole, you know, I've seen videos from her shows and just like, you know, even her look is just really out there and, you know, I guess creating like her own genre, mm -hmm. you know, it was really 
cool to see just because there's nothing else out there like that since like you know the beginning of Katy Perry. Sure. I don't I don't like her music at all, but <laughs> we're talking about it, so she's doing something right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean her music's interesting. I like the breakdowns are cool. I like the idea of it. I just don't think it's very well done musically. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. a little bit, to me, a little bit heavy handed of like, okay. you know, oh, I like, I'm a slut and I play metal. Like, all right. Like, I think you could do it a little That I like, I like, I get that idea. I think, um, I actually think like mm -hmm. Baby does that in a, in a way that's more funny to me. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't like, I don't know. It's just, it, <laughs> it's difficult to pull that sort of thing off the right way. It just, to me, butcher babies does that a little bit better, but, uh, but again, at least she has an angle. I respect it. Even if I wouldn't necessarily choose to listen to it, at least she has a point of view. Yeah. The fact, like the fact that I care, like the worst <laughs> thing would just be like, I have no opinion, like it or dislike it. If she makes me have any reaction at all, I would say that she's done something good. Yeah, because it's just interesting, like, you know, she posts about, like, you know, for her fan base, you know, kind of to, like, join the sorority type yeah. thing. But, you know, she goes from, I guess, kind of sort of rapping into these heavy breakdowns and screams and stuff. I'm like... It's kind of like falling in reverse. Yeah, yeah, I guess kind of all stems from, like, new metal. She's a little bit, like, man-hating, which I don't love. Mm -hmm. um you know like in the video she's like no man worked on this video i'm like all right well i guess you don't meet, want me to watch but again <laughs> um she would like i am an old man like she's not she's probably not trying to speak to me so the fact that i'm like the fact that i'm reacting that way of like oh i guess you don't want me here she'd probably be like yeah i don't want you here <laughs> I, I respect that yeah because she was even one of those ones who uh called out a band in a song without calling them out, but. Oh, I remember something about that. Yeah, it's the 18 plus song. Right, 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 right. I was like, it was actually that stuff. I had heard rumors about this particular band. Who was it? I don't, I don't know. I think it was All Time Low. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had heard rumors about that because, you know, Jack has all the bras on his microphone and a little weird i obviously don't know you know i'm not accusing them of actually doing anything i, I don't know but i always thought it was weird that they're you know whatever in their late 20s or something like that getting these little a cup bras thrown at them by ninth graders and it's like why would you like why would you want that yeah that's... it's incredibly strange to me like you can't stop people, you can't stop fans from doing what they want to do, but yeah. like encouraging it is so odd to me. I remember to his credit, um, you remember Never Shout Never? I do, yeah. So when he was like at his peak in, I don't know, 2011 or whatever it was, um, mm -hmm. I remember interviewing him and like everybody at the show was like 13. It was all like, you know, seventh grade girls. And he wanted nothing to do with them. Huh. Okay. He was just like, dude, they're like little zombies. Like, I cannot handle them. Like, get me away from them. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's like an appropriate reaction. Yeah. You know, as like a guy in your 20s, you should not want to be around like sixth grade girls. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's <just> not <laughs> enjoyable. No, no, definitely not. But um, it's been great talking with you. Um, for everybody watching, make sure you go follow Finn. You're, so it's Finn McKinty pretty much everywhere except YouTube, right? Uh, it's I have a Finn McKinty channel on YouTube too. So if you just search for my name, you'll find me everywhere. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, it's been great chatting with you. You know, I love talking music. And make sure you go, y'all go follow him on YouTube. Check out some of those videos because they're really, really awesome. But uh, we'll catch up next time. Again, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app.
at participating McDonald's. Minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>